Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Bobby Podcast. My name is Bobby Kazmaier, and for the past year, I have been sharing my journey in eating disorder recovery on TikTok and through this podcast. I have been able to grow a following of over 150,000 people over the past year by being authentic and relatable in ED recovery and helping others on their journey to recovery and living a fulfilling life with food and health. Before diving into today's episode, I want to point out that I am not a certified nutritionist dietitian, or eating disorder professional. I'm simply sharing my experiences navigating ED recovery and using them as a way to spread awareness and to potentially help others. If you are struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder, I highly recommend seeking out professional help or calling the National Eating Disorder Hotline. Now, let's get into the episode. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Kylie about all things binge eating. Kylie is a registered binge eating dietitian who helps her clients overcome their binge eating struggles through individual or group programs. After overcoming a binge eating disorder herself, Kylie found a passion for nutrition and wanted to share her incredible knowledge to help others. Along with her one-on-one and group programs, Kylie has also been posting extremely helpful videos on social media regarding binge eating and has grown to over 100,000 followers on TikTok. It was amazing to speak with Kylie and learn more about why we might binge, what the urge to binge feels like, the all-or-nothing mentality, how she was able to overcome binging, her path to becoming an RD, and much, much more. All right, Kylie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate you spending time out of your day to come on. Uh, how are you doing today? How's, how's, how's everything going for you? Well, first off, thank you, Bobby, for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm doing really well. And I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you. Oh, anytime, anytime. You're actually the very first registered dietitian to ever come on to the podcast. So that's a very, it's a very huge feat. So absolute oh, honor right. to have you on. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm very honored. So thank you. Oh, of course. So you're a, you're a binge eating dietitian. Um, do you strictly focus on binge eating or are you, do you also cover other areas when it comes to being a registered diet, dietitian or are you strictly, fo- do, you, do you just have a strict focus on binge eating? Yeah, so I just have a focus on binge eating and disordered eating um, is definitely where I put my focus because, you know, once you get into the other areas of eating disorders, you definitely want to have more of that professional team. So my focus is binge eating and disordered eating. Awesome. That's awesome. You do such great work on social media. I love watching your videos. Um, So educational, so powerful. Um, Can you kind of talk about how you got here, how you became a registered dietitian, um, your story, what led you to, to, be, to go down this route, the nutrition route, the dietitian route, and um, just over, your overall experience with all of this, because there's so much to unpack, so. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, definitely how I got here, just going back a little bit, in um, high school for me, I struggled with my own eating disorder. It was definitely started off more restrictive and it led into binge eating. And when I started struggling with binge eating, that's really when I got scared. And that's where, honestly, I seeked for help. I like 
begged my mom to take me into treatment. Like lucky enough, like privilege I have, I was able to get into a treatment center at a younger age, but I still don't believe I was really ready at that time. If I'm being honest, like to implement what I needed to change and all of those things. So it really started with my own eating disorder. And then after treatment, I still was really struggling with my eating. And I think I thought, you know, most people you get into treatment, you think everything's going to be fixed right away. And it was still happening for years later on. So at first I didn't even know I wanted to become a dietitian. I was one of those that was just like completely lost, like not knowing what I wanted to do, like always changing my career. And throughout my own journey, I thought I was going to become a dietitian to help people like honestly focus on like weight loss and focus on those things during that time when I was really struggling. But then once I started to, you know, heal my relationship with food and all of that started to work out, like I found intuitive eating and done all of that is really when I knew I wanted to help others like help their relationship with food and binge eating. So it's been kind of a like a long journey here. That was really short though, how I just said it, but that's kind of how I got here. Wow, that's a very inspiring story. And it's funny, or it's not funny, but it's interesting that you're the one who initiated the need for help. A lot of people are, myself included, were very scared to ask for help in general, um, yet alone go into treatment. So I think that's really, that's really encouraging for other people to hear that it's okay to want to, to get help and to want to ask for help. That's really awesome that you're able to do that. Um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of individuals, myself included, who deal with disordered eating, eating disorders and end up going down the nutrition path. So I'm studying uh, nutrition in school right now myself. Um, it's a very interesting dynamic. You go from this, you know, you're really in a bad place, you're struggling, and now you're at a point where you want to help people. And it is also interesting too that you mentioned that initially you thought you were going to be focusing on weight loss and helping people, you know, lose weight and be smaller. But in reality, you're now in just a totally different side of the spectrum, spectrum for a very good cause as well. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I totally, I think that's very common in the field of dietetics too, is, you know, people have their own struggles. And then again, it is like focusing on weight loss. But again, it's like that weird area. But then you realize, like, at least for me, like more education and learning a different side of everything, I I resonated with it so deeply that I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never even saw this side of this. Like, this is amazing. So I totally get it. That's that's so amazing. And can, would you mind diving a little bit deeper into your educational background and how you became a registered dietitian? Yeah. So for me, I my journey was kind of all over the place. So I did like community college first to, because I didn't know what I wanted to do um, for a while. And then I did school at Illinois State. So I'm located in Illinois right now. Um, that's where I did got my bachelor's degree in dietetics. And then, you know, with the 1200 um, supervised hours for the internship is what I did. And I did um, a distant one. So I traveled to Boston um, to do it, but then I came back and did all my rotations around the area. So I, it was pretty cool because I got to pick like where I wanted to do them, some different areas. So I was with a dietitian that wasn't focused on eating disorders specifically, but she did see a couple patients that struggled with that. So it was cool to see that area as well. Um, So I did that. And then of course that for the RD exam. So I was able to get my license before doing the master's degree, which you need in 2024. So that'll be changing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's, that's so awesome. And that, that hands-on experience is so crucial. You get 
you see so many different people, you experience so many different things. Like you said, you didn't really realize that there's, there's this whole other side of this. And it's, it really, really is amazing to see just all the different aspects of nutrition in the field. It's, it's really, it's really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is so neat. That That's why I kind of like how they do it, you know, in dietetics with the hours you have to do in different areas. Like I never would have thought I kind of enjoyed certain areas, but because of that experience, I kind of got to see the different things to everything. Exactly. That's it's, it's, again, it's, it's so, it's so cool. It's the nutrition is just mm-hmm. so cool. It's, it's so cool. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have your own program. Um, to help those who are struggling with binge eating? Do you have, is it strictly one-on-one? Is there, is it group coaching? Is it both? Can you kind of talk about your program and the whole process that goes into it? Yeah, so I do both. So I have one-on-one like coaching, like focus on binge eating, and then also my program that's focused on binge eating. So I have it that way as well, because my program is focused on for just women, but I, you know, I also work with men as well, but it's more so one-on-one for men. So trying to like, you know, cause everyone is struggling. Like it doesn't matter who, like every person can be struggling with this. So it's important to bring that in as well. So that's my two like options that I do have to work with me. That's awesome to hear. And you're right. Everyone is struggling. It's not just women. Um, that's one of the big messages I try to send myself is that, you know, men go through this too. Anyone can go through this. Um, it's not just women. So that's awesome that you can work with both. Um, are there key messages that you like to send to all of your clients, regardless who it is when it comes to binge eating? That's a great question. I feel like <laughs> something I just always say, which isn't, I always say like binge eating is so complex. So I try to always hear like where the person is at and trying to understand like what triggers they have the most to give them the best message because I again I try to make it so like more individual just because it depends on where everyone is at um but I like of course I always want to say like it is possible to work past this because I think people that struggle with it are like you know they just see that they're struggling so much that they don't see the other side as a possibility but it, it is like it truly is Right, like it kind of becomes like a part of them, so it's hard for them to imagine there being, an, a, like you said, a, a whole other side to it, the whole other side, the, the the better side of it. It's it's so tough to break out of that mentality, that mindset. So, mm-hmm. it really is. Um, so I want to ask you a couple of questions about binge eating, actually, if if you don't mind answering yeah. some of these. So, because I know some of these answers can can uh, can vary for for different individuals. Um, the urge to binge. Can you define the urge to binge? What, what what you think the urge to binge is? Like how it feels, the whole, just everything about the urge to binge. Because I feel like for a lot of people, for example, people f- talk about the urge as like an itch that needs to be scratched or something like that. So can you kind of talk about what you think the urge to binge feels like? Mm, yeah, I've never been asked that question. So this is exciting. <laughs> um, I feel like honestly at least for me, and I know for a lot of people, but for me specifically, I couldn't get rid of it. Like it was so strong that it felt like almost another force took over me and I blacked out and all of a sudden I'm in the kitchen and I don't even know what just happened. Like I went completely numb and I really felt like I almost like left my body. Like I I don't want that to sound triggering at all like that way of wording it, but that's kind of how it felt. Like I just blacked out and... I was numb. 
Yeah, I've I've also had that same blacking out feeling. Like there are times where you know it happens, and I th- I think back like, well, what did I just eat? And I can't even remember everything I just ate because it's just it happens like that. It just yeah, you you feel just yeah, like you said, you feel like you leave your own body. It's just such a weird feeling. It's so hard to explain. And I'm I'm glad you also. I'm not glad, but it's nice to hear someone else also has that feeling of like you black out. You don't even feel like you're you're yourself. It, it really is just it, it's it's mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah, it's it's scary. Like I I honestly can remember and I've got of course I don't want anything to say that I say to be triggering and all, but I just remember the first time like I had my binge experience. Like I literally can remember it because it was it felt so crazy. I've never experienced anything like it. And then I think once you have that experience, you're like I never want this to happen again, so you go back to like trying to control everything. And then it just keeps happening and it's just scary because you don't want it to be, but it just, it doesn't, it feels like it just doesn't stop. It really is. It's an endless cycle because, you know, like you said, it happens, you binge and then you're you're like, okay, I'm going to be really, you know, good, quote unquote, good tomorrow. And then you just, you're constantly thinking about what you're consuming, what you're eating. So you're in control. And then in turn, it's going to lead you to binging again, then rinse and repeat. It's just an endless cycle. It's, I wouldn't wish a cycle on anybody. Um, And it's, it's, it's hard to really explain to other people who haven't dealt with binge eating before what it actually is because, in, you know, to the outsider's mind, it's, oh, well, just stop eating or, like, just control what you eat. Like, it's just, like, what? But there's just a whole psychological – it's just, it's, it's just more it's, – it's way more than just eating a lot, you know, and I feel like a lot of people don't quite understand that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's so many, like, misconceptions about it, to be honest, and that's why – it is when you, it's hard when you open up to someone that like has no idea. And I always want to say like people have the best intentions, but the advice they give can be so triggering because you're like, I want you to like really understand what is going on with me. But it is hard if someone hasn't gone through it themselves because it, it is like something takes over you and you're just like, how did I even get here? Like what's going on? Exactly. And you're in, you know, sometimes it's like, well, why, why am I the one dealing with this? How, how could this happen to me? You know, it's, it's, it really like the the feelings that go on during a binge can be so detrimental and just it's but then you just still you just can't stop and it's just it's 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 horrifying to think about you know <laughs> mm-hmm. no it really is i i totally get it and it's like you're <laughs> i just keep going on i'm sorry i'm like no, you're you good. just you know you're just so like full but you're like why do i still want to keep going and that's where like all the other factors can come into it like if it is unmet needs or emotions or like all of these deeper things, you know, that play into binge eating that I think sometimes we don't always think about, you know? Right. And obviously correct me if I'm wrong here, cause you're the professional and, and I'm not, but I think for, for some who, you know, like you just mentioned how, you know, I, I'm so full, but I can't stop. I feel like part of that is because in their mind, they're already telling themselves, Oh, tomorrow I'll be, you know, better. So I'm just gonna eat everything right now and just, and just, you know, cut it all out tomorrow. But that's then where, that's where the cycle happens you know Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that's definitely a huge reason for a lot of people is like again I think I've worded it like this before if you are telling yourself tomorrow I have to eat less or later like I can't eat why would you not try to eat more now because you know restrictions on the way you know right restrictions on the way that's a that's a great way to put it and like that happens that's happened to me in the past with holidays for example like Thanksgiving Christmas you see these holiday foods that you think you can only have during those holidays, you try and eat as much of them as you possibly can because in your mind, you're not going to be able to have them. But in, re- but in reality, you can get a cookie any month of the year. You can have, 
mashed potatoes any time of the year. Um, but it's just really tough to break that mindset, that mold of, oh, I have to get all this in now because I'm not going to be able to have this later. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Holidays. <laughs> oh, that's like it's so triggering. It's so hard on those days. I remember. But it, it feels good once you're like past it. But in the moment, it's like it's it sucks, if I'm being honest, because you're like, OK, this is meant to be enjoyable with like loved ones or whatever you do, if that's how you celebrate. But then it's like all around food. And like, that's the worst nightmare. Exactly. You're centering the entire event around the food instead of the memories you'd be making the people you're with. It really, it's, it's very taxing. It's very taxing. It's, mm-hmm. um, it, it sucks. Um, <laughs> but, I know. Um, so your binge eating recovery process, can you, t- can you kind of talk about that a little bit? How you're able to overcome your own binge eating struggles? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I always say, like, I literally never would have thought I would have overcame this, if I'm being honest. I always thought that I was like, you know, I just told myself that I was like, I'm going to have to deal with this the rest of my life, and that's it for me, which is, like, really sad to think, but I think a lot of people get caught up in that. But for me, it was definitely, you know, going to treatment. Like, that was, like, very first part of the process, and then I always have worked with a therapist. Like, I, I still work with a therapist till this day, obviously, for for other things. Um, but that was a big part of my journey. Um, doing my own research. I I feel like a lot of the other things were really like on my own and like researching things like reading books, you know, listening podcasts, like really just diving in deeper, like into my, like understanding myself. I think I never knew who I was for a very long time. Um, so that was a big part of it as well. But I think intuitive eating like helped me so much and I will always vouch for that because I was always so hyper focused on weight loss like weight loss weight loss weight loss that's all my I ever was focused on and then again with intuitive eating you know like ditching the diet mentality putting that on the back burners when I actually started to like (laughs) see some changes going on because I wasn't so focused on my body and so focused on changing my weight um that was the biggest game changer if i'm being honest was like finding intuitive eating and like really um diving into that but it's funny because like years before that i remember going to like an overeaters anonymous like group um and being told about it like intuitive eating before and it just didn't click during that time so it was like a couple years later i read it the new one and then that really clicked for me so it's pretty interesting wow intuitive eating and i i love intuitive eating i'm trying my best to eat intuitively more often um i still have still have a lot of not a lot but i still have a little bit of a tough time dealing with it and, you know i have no problem eating when i'm hungry but it's like sometimes just stopping when i'm full can be tough especially when um you know i consider myself a, a very active person um and obviously as you know the the more energy you expend the more energy you you need um mm-hmm. so sometimes i get caught in my own head about oh you know i feel like i haven't eaten enough today i need to consume more because i've moved a lot even though i'm not necessarily hungry um it that part can be a little bit tough, but I do love intuitive eating, the whole concept behind it. Obviously, listening to your, your hunger and fullness cues, your cravings, all of that. I love all that stuff because that really, it, it, it eliminates the thought of placing more value on food. Viewing, viewing food as good or bad, that's what intuitive eating, to me at least, implies is that, oh, I can, you know, if I'm craving a donut, I'll go and get one. There's nothing inherently wrong with this donut. It'll provide energy for my body sure it's there's there's more nutritional options but this donut is not inherently bad for me 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really common is like being able to notice the hunger, but kind of like struggling with the fullness or getting in your head almost. And I think it's like so common where people are always wanting to like follow it like perfectly. Like if I don't have this down, like I, I can't do this either. But I think it is like that journey um, of just getting there. Cause for me, it took a while too. I was like, I'm just eating, wanting to eat all these foods that I never allowed myself. And I was confused with that. I was like, is this normal? Should I be doing this? I don't know. So it definitely like takes time to get there. But I like what you said too, about like the donut, you know, like not labeling foods. And there's just something like when you get to that place, there's something so beautiful about just being able to eat like a donut and actually enjoying it. You know, instead of beating yourself up for having it, like you can actually notice if you like it or if you don't like it. Like it's a nice experience to actually just eat food and be happy with it. Oh, exactly. And, you know, going back to the donuts example, it's like I'd rather eat one donut a day for a 12 day period instead of eating all 12 at once and feeling physically horrible because in my mind, it's like, oh, well, I'm not I shouldn't be eating these. So I'm going to eat them all right now and get them out of the way versus you can have a donut every day and you'll be totally fine. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, myself included, have had difficulty kind of finding that fine line. But no, you can have a donut every day and be fine. And you'll feel a lot better, too, physically, mentally. You know, like you said, you can really taste it. You can enjoy it because food tastes better when you're hungry for it and you want it. Um, So I I, I love intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Me, too. Definitely. And it's funny because... I'm the type of person that like loves having like dessert after dinner like I just I like that so again like back in the day that would have freaked me out like you're having dessert like every day but honestly just allowing yourself to have it it's it's totally fine and I just eat it like honestly every day almost so So, yeah me too me too I do the same thing (laughs) I love dessert love dessert um so switching gears a little bit your social media you are you're on TikTok you have you, are you over 100? I think you are over 100,000, correct? That's yeah. 100,000 followers. How does that feel, that that number, knowing that that many people care about what you have to say? Oh, it was mind-blowing. I was, like, really thrown off at first. I was like, what's going on here? Like, kind of, like, concerned. And I was like, oh, my God, this is cool. Because, again, like, being able to talk about it, like, and just looking at things a different way, I think, is really important for people to, like, hear, you know? Oh, definitely. And there's just so much negativity and toxicity on social media especially regarding around food body image um that people like you are so needed and it's so nice and refreshing to see content like yours like there are so many pieces of your content that i enjoy um one in, one uh, in specific is you know i believe you have a video where you're talking about mental restriction and physical restriction can you kind of talk about the difference between those two yeah definitely so physical restriction is like the most common one we think about so people are you know, cutting calories or not eating enough or, you know, cutting out whole food groups, those types of things. Whereas mental restriction is you're usually allowing yourself to have like all different types of foods, but your mind is saying otherwise. So your mind's, you're probably eating something and you're like either judging yourself or you're like, you can have some, but only like a little bit, or you can have this, but only one. Um, So it's still like restrictive in the way which then again, if you end up having more than what you are expecting or like whatever your expectation is for yourself, that's usually where the guilt like kicks in. And then you're like, I'm eating more than I was supposed to quote unquote. 
and then you just kind of spiral from there. So it's like that all or nothing mentality really plays into that area. Ooh, the all or nothing mentality and know that way too well. Um, mm-hmm. Would another example of mental restriction be if, you know, say I'm eating something and my mind goes to, okay, well, you're eating this now, but you should restrict something later. Would that be another example of mental restriction or would that be kind of both? Because in a sense, if my mind is telling me to restrict something later, I guess if I didn't, I guess if I only actually followed through with it, I guess that'd be physical restriction, right? But that'd be mainly mental restriction. Yeah, they kind of can overlap like that one definitely because again, like if you're not eating anything, then that's definitely the physical restriction. But it is also just like the way you are thinking because in the moment you are having something. So it is like they really do overlap. So it is all kind of under this like restriction umbrella in a sense. Right. Yeah, it can be it can be tricky and. It's yeah. I'm, I'm thank you for for distinguishing between the two. That's very very helpful. And another another video I remember of, um, of yours that I that I watched that I really resonated with is um, being curious while you're binging or after you binge. Because um, you know, in the past couple months, I've had you know a slip up here and there, and I've been starting to, to do that instead. Or if I have an urge to binge, I become curious as to why I'm having that urge, or if it's happening, why is this happening? I think that really helps a lot. It kind of calms me down. Um, can, you, can you kind of talk about and explain the whole process behind being curious about binging? Yeah, absolutely. This is so important because most of the time we get into that mode where we're just judging ourselves and we're like, why are you like this? Like we just start beating ourselves up, you know? Um, so it's really asking yourself questions like, okay, this happened. Was I too hungry? Was I too tired? Was I too stressed? Was I too overwhelmed? Did I have unrealistic expectations for myself? Um, Like, what was I feeling before it occurred? Those types of things, because again, all of these different factors can play into it. So ask yourself those types of questions can be really helpful. I definitely agree. And, you know, there was, I think, uh, an instance a couple weeks ago for myself where I had an urge and I stopped for a second and was like, okay, why is this happening? And And I realized, you know, I had a, tough day at school, long day at work. I was just stressed. And, you know, I use food sometimes as a coping mechanism for that stress. Um, so just really breaking down that, okay, I'm stressed. I'm acknowledging it. I have an urge. I'm acknowledging that urge. I think, I think acknowledging the urge in, in itself is very important as well. Um, and kind of stopping, slowing down a little bit, taking a deep breath and kind of realizing, okay, what can I do instead? How could I um, cope with this stress a different way? So I, you know, I, I made myself a meal because I was, I was hungry, but I didn't want to binge, obviously. So I made myself a meal and I instantly felt satiated. I felt good. And I went for a walk after I felt even better. And kind of, so I really think slowing down and being curious and acknowledging the, the urge itself saved me from having that binge because, you know, say I just said, screw it. I'm just going to binge. I give up. This is pointless that would have been even worse, obviously. So I think really, I really think just slowing down, becoming curious helps so much. Yeah, that's huge. That's awesome that you got, like, you were aware of it. I always say that's a huge win. Like just even acknowledging I want to binge right now is huge because most of the time you go into that mode where you're like, I'm out, like I'm blacking out and there's no going back. So that's, I totally agree. Yeah, because there are times where, or like in the past where I've just been, literally I've, I've had that just screw it mentality where it's like I plan it, like I plan the binge ahead, like ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, you know, there's no going back now, um, which is, it's really tough to deal with. Um, so I, yeah, I really think it's important to just 
take a deep breath, slow it down, think about what you can do instead. Um, and I know it's really tough, like that urge, like I said, it feels like an itch that just needs to be scratched and it's like an indescribable feeling, but um, just taking a minute, taking a moment and just like kind of unwinding it, it really, it makes a difference. And you'll, and you'll feel really, you'll feel much better afterwards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, after times of acknowledging it, that's when it becomes easier to like ask myself, like, why do I have this urge? Like, I think it's, again, that's like setting an expectation of like, okay, the next time I binge, like I have the urge to binge, like I'm not going to, like it might still happen and that's okay. Again, I think we get into this perfection of like it, I need to be perfect at it now, but it does take some time, which is normal. hundred percent. Yeah. That's the thing too. It takes, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to mm-hmm. solve your binge eating problems overnight. Um, and that goes with a lot of things in terms of eating disorder recovery. Recovery in general, doesn't matter what you're going through is not going to happen overnight. It's a day-to-day process. It's going to be good days, bad days. Um, it's not, recovery is never linear. I love, I love hearing that. I love saying that because it's, it's true. It's not linear. And if you have a bad day, you shouldn't dwell on it. You should become curious. Okay, why was this day bad? How can I make tomorrow better? Um, I, I just I love having that mentality because there you know there will be bad days and that's okay. Um, so just moving on from them, learning from them, and just going towards tomorrow. That's that's what I like to do. So <laughs> absolutely, I love that too. Um, so in general, just generally speaking, do you have any specific binge eating tips? I know we just talked about some, like you know, becoming curious. But are there any others that you really value and you really you really trust? Mm. Yeah, I definitely would say, again, honestly, I guess this is around the same thing, but being really curious about your thoughts. I think the thoughts are really, really sneaky all the time. Like, even if it's like you're judging yourself, um, you're judging your food choices, also becoming a little bit more mindful with your eating. So again, that kind of plays in with your thoughts. So when you sit down to eat something, um, try not to just like start questioning yourself or debating what you're going to have to eat later. Like try, I know it's easier said than done, but try to bring yourself to the present moment of noticing that food to just, you know, see if you really like it. And that helps with satisfaction. The other thing is the satisfaction, I would say, like including satisfying foods throughout your day. So trying not to only limit yourself to those quote unquote good foods because that's where the deprivation kicks in and then you probably will want to like binge on all of these bad foods. So that's really important too. Wow. Those are all very, very great tips. And I love the being present. I've been trying to do that myself recently. I've been trying to eat a lot less um, with distraction. I've been trying to eat without distraction. That really helps a ton because you can really, you know, sit down, eat slower, taste the food, acknowledge the food. Um, Slow, just slowing down really helps out a ton because you know one of my biggest problems is I, I eat way too fast just generally um and I just I eat you know yeah I, I just eat too fast I don't really have time to process the food and really taste it really enjoy it sometimes um so yeah really I, I love that being present and just enjoying the food real figuring out which foods satisfy you the most that all those just tremendous tips tremendous tips so yeah going off of that real quick yeah. um is it's an intuitive eating book, but like checking in with yourself, like the first bite, the halfway point and the last point can be a really great starting place. So it's not so overwhelming and you're not trying to always be super mindful about everything. Like you can still have the TV on and just plan to do like those three little check-ins can be really helpful. 
right that is, i love that too yeah the first bite the last bite yep that's that's all awesome i love that um well kylie thank you so much i think that's all i wanted to go over with you i really appreciate appreciate you coming on again is there anything else you'd like to add <laughs> I don't think so, but I really appreciate you having me. Um, it was really great, you know, talking about this. I could talk about this like for so long, so I do appreciate it. And I mean, anyone that is struggling with binge eating, I know in the moment it feels so tough and it feels like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel, but I do want to provide that sense of hope that it is possible it does take time and it's not going to be perfect, but just know you're not alone in this. There's so many people that struggle with it, but a lot of people are secretive about it. So again, you're not alone in this. I love that. Yes. No one is alone. There's always resources for help. Um, and take advantage of those resources if you have them, or if you are, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to get, for, to get help, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely look into it because, you know, like Kylie's just said, you're not alone. There is a way out. Um, things will get better. So Kylie, thank you so much. I really appreciate appreciate you coming on. This was a great talk. I I learned a lot about binge eating, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Bobby. Oh, of course, anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bobby Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, listen to my other episodes, follow me on TikTok, follow me on Instagram. I really appreciate every single one of you who is listening, who has been listening. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, And I hope you have a great rest of your day.